Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. There's many times where I go in, I'm excited, the stock is perfectly set up for what I want to do. I go in and the strikes have zero open interest or zero volume. And it's like, oh man, all right, move on. You can't force these trades. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we are on trading options trading mistake number five, and this is trading illiquid options. Now, this is part of our options trading mistake series, and um, you know, I'm basically taking Ally Invest video and I am putting in my own spin based on what they're saying. Now, I'm watching these cold, so I really honestly don't have any idea what they're about to say. But really interested in looking into this because this is something that um, I've dealt with in the past, and it's certainly in my trade criteria to make sure that the options I trade are liquid. So I'll share more about that as we go through. So let's get, uh, let's get started here. Trading in illiquid option markets. Stocks have a lot more liquidity than options do. And why is that? Because when you look at the stock market, you have one stock to trade. In the options market, you have many different expirations, you have many different strike prices. So, so yeah, he's totally right. So when you look at something that maybe it trades, well, I'll just give you an example. So I trade a lot of different stocks out there and I really like to trade options, obviously. Um, but one of the things that is in my step-by-step -step criteria is let's say it trades a million shares. I need to make sure that the strike that I'm looking to trade, meaning the week that it expires and the strike that I'm actually wanting to trade, not just, you know, any random strike, but the actual strike that I'm wanting to trade is trading at least 300 contracts. That is where my minimum is at. Now, if it's like 280, I might go with that. But if it's like 220, no, I'm not interested. 300 is pretty much my minimum. And the reason I do that is because of liquidity. You want to be able to get in and you want to be able to get out. And you can't get in and you can't get out unless someone else takes the opposite side of the trade. And the only way they're going to take the opposite side of the trade is if you have a liquid contract. There's many times where I go in, I'm excited. The stock is perfectly set up for what I want to do. I go in and the strikes have zero open interest or zero volume. And it's like, oh man, all right, move on. You can't force these trades. And you'll also find that the bid and ask spread will be pretty wide on those. Maybe even a hundred or let's call it a dollar. Maybe a dollar or two or three. I've even seen up to $5 wide on an illiquid strike like that. And you're going to be paying that difference. You're going to be paying it to get in and you're also going to be paying it to get out of that trade if it has a wide bid ask spread and low volume. This is really, really critical. I'm glad that they're talking about this because this is one of those things that doesn't get a lot of attention until you become a trader and you realize how important it is. Now, I'll tell you a, a story. I was um, 
trading earnings. This is one of my first earnings trades. I don't trade earnings anymore. And the traditional way to trade earnings with options is to buy or, or sell an iron condor. And when you do that, you're selling an out-of-the-money put spread and selling an out-of-the-money option uh, 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 call spread. And uh, basically, you're boxing in the trade. The idea here is that um, the implied volatility is so high, you can sell it for so much that after earnings, if it doesn't move, which obviously that's a big if, if it doesn't move or stays inside the expected range, then the implied volatility should collapse and you should make a really nice, fast, easy profit. The issue with that is liquidity. So I was trading on AKAM, which is like the only time I've ever traded that stock. Didn't know anything about it. Really didn't even know about the liquidity. And um, earnings happened. The next day, I was trying to get out. I was putting in limit orders. Like, let's say I sold it for a dollar and I was trying to get out for 50 cents. 50 cents wasn't happening. 60 cents wasn't happening. 70 cents wasn't happening. And I'm like, this should be a good trade. Why is this not working? So the stock price was inside of my iron condor. It expired in like that day. So I had to get out if I wanted to um, keep the profits before anything happened. And so I was like, you know what? Market order. And when I got filled, it became a huge loser. It went from being sold like a dollar to being filled to close at like three. So what would have been a, a great, nice, you know, $50 per contract um, profit there turned into like a $200 per contract loss because it was illiquid and I used a market order. Neither of those two things I do now. And I hope that you can understand why I'm sharing that so that you also don't do the same. Now, back to the video. So let's get a handle on exactly what liquidity means when we're talking about the stock or options marketplace. Liquidity, simply put, is all about how quickly a trader can buy or sell something without causing a significant price movement. That's interesting. Um, without causing a price movement. I don't know about you, but I don't trade enough size to be worried if uh, I am or am not going to cause um, price movement. In fact, I was listening to um, some of the Market Wizard books recently while I'm uh, outside walking on my um, on Audible, and they were talking about how um, you know when they trade with giant size, there can be times where their trades that they're putting on um, are moving the market. That's not the case in my portfolio. Maybe it is with yours, but I mean, I'm kind of surprised by that. That definition there. Let's see what else. A he liquid says. market is one that is has ready and active buyers and sellers at the current price. So if a stock is illiquid, the options are going to be. So I'm definitely not going to trade options in illiquid stocks. So let's just talk about an example. Let's look at an option contract that is trading with a bid price of $2.50 and an ask price of $3. The ask price is the price at which you can buy the stock at. And if you bought it and instantly sold that underlying, you would be selling on the bid price. And in this instance, we have... Yes, that's what I was mentioning a minute ago, is um, you know, you're gonna have to be paying for it on both sides if you are finding something that's really wide, right? So you'd be buying it at $3, and if you immediately had to sell it, you'd have to sell it at 250. So you've lost basically, um, let's say a 275 is the midpoint, you've lost $25 getting in, and you've lost another $25 getting out, and that sucks. <laughs> and it, like you said here, it's like 20% of the initial investment here if you were um, you know, having to, to, to go to go that wide. That's why you want those really tight spreads exactly for this reason. 
a 50 cent difference between the bid and ask. Now, that's common in the options marketplace, especially if you're not trading extremely liquid stocks. So in this instance, we're talking about a 20% difference between the buy price and the sell price. So how can we trade smarter when we're thinking about option trading in general? We want to check volume and we want to check open interest. On yes, now this can be a little deceiving. He may go into this too. Um, open interest is the number of contracts that people are actually like trying to trade where volume is the number of executed points. And um, I think open interest actually should be a little bit more of the, the indicator that you go with because that means there are people who want to take the trade versus like, let's say you're getting in right after the market opens. It only trades 300 contracts like a day or whatever. It might only show like two or three or five for open for volume where your open interest may be into the hundreds. And big distinction here, like open interest is people who want to trade with you. Volume is the number of transactions that have taken place. On the option contracts that we're buying. Now, this is just a general rule of thumb, but if you would, you would like at least 40 times the number of contracts you want to trade as the open interest. That's interesting. So he's saying, if you were to trade one contract, you would like to have at least 40 as the open interest. Well, I must be going for stocks that are way too liquid then if I have at least like um, 300 to start with, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think you should go with a little bit higher number for open interest personally. For example, you wanna trade 10 contracts, you wanna see at least open interest of 400 as far as the option strike line is concerned. Now, also, other little things you want to think about. Mm, okay, I can get behind stock, that. A lot of times they're not very popular with options. If it's under $5, just buy the stock. Just buy the stock outright. It's a lot easier to get in. All right, personally, I don't trade under $5 stocks. You know, there, there's, there's a, uh, a whole world of penny stocks out there. And it's just not where I want to be. Um, they're, they're cheap for a reason. I, I think of it that way. In fact... If, there, if you get nothing away from this podcast today, just think about this. When a stock is cheap, it's cheap for a reason. It's because not a lot of buyers want to be there, right? Think about Tesla, how it's many, many hundreds of dollars a share. And then they do a share split, and then it immediately runs, runs up to many, many hundreds of dollars a share. It's because people want to be there. There are buyers. If it's under $5, there's not a lot of people who are wanting to buy this and think it's valuable. So in and out of the stock than a very tiny or small strike option contract. And bottom line is, if you continue to trade option contracts with wide bid ask spread, it's very hard to make up the cost of doing business. So we want to go out and look for, for liquid underlyings. Um, a lot of people that will trade options will stick to five, six, seven different stocks that they like to follow and they like to trade. Yeah, I don't think that's that's crazy. Um, I mean, if you if you find a stock that you like to trade, then just stay with it. Me personally, I am open to the entire world of stocks out there as long as they are trending up. I'm interested in trading with them. I don't have a a, a pet number of stocks. And they're usually popular stocks, including some that are indexes like the S&P 500 index, the Dow Jones Industrial Average Index. Those type of underlyings usually have a lot of liquidity and it takes this piece of the puzzle out of option trading. Well, that's it for today.
Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. If you're going to trade something like the SPY, which is the S&P 500 ETF, that makes a lot of sense to do that. So, hey, listen, so here's the key takeaways here. You do want to be in something that's liquid. The main reason is you are going to pay for illiquidity on getting into the trade and getting out of the trade. Whereas if you're getting into something that has a really tight bid-ask spread, has a lot of people that want to trade with you, you're going to be filled at favorable prices. Whereas if there's not a lot of liquidity, you may not be filled at favorable prices. Or even worse, you want to get out of a trade and nobody wants to take the other side of it, and then you're stuck. That That's actually one of the, the huge reasons I don't trade penny stocks. I've heard so many horror stories of people who put all of their account into something that's, let's call it 10 cents, and it moves up to 11, and they're like, I'm out, I made you know 10% on all this money, and there's no one to, to fill it there. And it goes up to 12, still no one to fill it. It goes up to 13, still no one to fill it. And the only time they're actually able to get out is when it's below like nine, eight, seven, six cents. Either way, that's a, a, one of the main, main, main reasons why I don't trade penny stocks. But it should be an example as to why you should find liquid underlyings. Don't worry so much about the number of shares traded. You know, if it's uh, 900,000 or 10 million, either way, unless you're coming in with 900,000 shares to trade, you're not going to have an issue getting filled with that. Look for at least, like he was saying, there are 10 times the number of contracts you're looking to trade. And my rule, my, my bottom, bottom rule, no matter how many contracts you're trading, is 300 contracts of open interest every single time. Don't go less than that because that's the very minimum you need to start getting filled. So hey, listen, if you found this helpful, make sure you hit that like button and then share it with somebody who would be interested in also learning about trading with options and options trading mistake number five, trading illiquid options. And be sure to check out the rest of the options trading mistakes playlist that we have here. And be sure to like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way we never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade fast and trade smarter. I'll see you on the next episode. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only.
It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimInstockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimInstockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10 legal. And thanks for stopping by.